0: All right, good morning. Why don't you guys go ahead and grab a seat? This is the great thing about a 9 o'clock service is at 8.58, none of you are here, and by 9.20, you all want to chat. That's cool. You can stick around as long as you want afterwards, uh, or after I'm done preaching, you can run uh, if that's what you want to do. So, uh, good morning. Uh, My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here at Damascus Road, along with several other um, uh, fine godly gentlemen. Uh, We are just going to continue our series that we've been doing since January on the book of 1 Corinthians. And so when we started this series, we saw that this was a letter that Paul wrote to a church, to a people in a place in Corinth. And he starts that letter focusing on the centrality of Jesus Christ crucified and how that actually purchases people from slavery of sin he says, you've been purchased from slavery of sin, so now I'm going to challenge you to actually live a godly life in, in your sexuality, in, your, in how you engage with the idols of this world, in how you engage with each other. And then he says, hey, church, when you guys get together, it is an absolute crazy nut job circus. We've got to talk about some of the things you guys are doing, right? So we had a whole bunch of really exciting sermons about what their services look like. And then he kind of moves on from that. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been in 1 Corinthians 15 where this letter kind of comes to its crescendo of theological teaching as it starts to focus on this exclusive truth of the historical implications of Jesus Christ, a real man at a real place at a real time who was actually crucified and more than that actually rose from the dead. And so last week, Sam got up here and preached an amazing sermon looking back at the implications of the fact that Jesus Christ is alive, that the tomb is empty, and that he is seated on a throne in heaven, ruling and reigning. And that is good news. And Yeah, absolutely. And so, so he says, "Hey, hey, if there's no resurrection of Jesus Christ, There is no salvation. He is not worthy to be worshipped. And each and every one of us that gathered today and has gathered for thousands of years since to worship Jesus is absolute fools. But Jesus is alive. And so it actually means something for us. And so this final section of 1 Corinthians 15 looks forward to the resurrection promises for those who are in Christ As our death is swallowed up in his victory. And so if you have your Bibles, please turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We're starting in verse 35. We're going all the way to the end of the book. Um, I'm not going to read all that at the beginning. We're just going to kind of go through piece by piece. Because there is a ton of stuff here. So we're going to go 35 through 41 right now. But someone will ask, how are the dead raised? With what kind of body do they come and earthly bodies but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is another there's one glory of the sun another glory of the moon another glory of the stars for stars differ from star in glory and so paul begins to kind of lay out this teaching of the resurrection of the dead In fact, if you know your your Bible a little bit, you know that Paul teaching on the resurrection is what got him laughed out of Athens. Once he said people could rise from the dead, everyone said that's ridiculous. And so he leaves Athens, he comes to Corinth, he preaches the same gospel. And the challenge for those people in Athens, in Corinth, and today is that sometimes our beliefs can't reconcile how a dead body could have new life. And so they mock Paul. And they mock him with two questions. They say, how are the dead raised? Paul doesn't even answer that. He just says, he doesn't, it doesn't need an answer. It's so simple. God's going to do it. He's going to do it with his immeasurable power. He's going to do it with that same power that he rose Jesus from the dead. He's going to do it with that same power that's going to usher in a new heavens and a new earth. He's going to do it with that same power that's going to wipe away all sickness, all death, all sin, all brokenness. That's the power that's going to do it. And so this gospel of not just resurrection, but of restoration of all things is so incomprehensible to our human minds because we are in this broken world. We just just don't get this, how things could actually get better. I was actually... um, I'll confess, I was actually playing video games for the first time in about 10 years with, with some guys in my fight club a few weeks ago, and it's one of the, it was Call of Duty, and I'm terrible, so I just kept getting shot over and over and over again, and it was a team game, so they were very frustrated with me, because we're losing to probably some 8th grade girls somewhere, right, and, and so I just keep getting shot, but what happened is my body in this game would keep resurrecting, right, but it had the same limitations, I still wasn't good at anything. And the same world was filled with people shooting at me, right? Nothing gets better. We don't actually understand that anything could be better than what we see here. Our popular culture even struggles with this idea. One of my favorite television shows is a show called Mad Men. And the lead character there, Don Draper, always has a lot of philosophy. And he, he, says, he says, heaven's a little morbid. And Everyone kind of looks at him odd. and He says, how do you get to heaven? Something terrible has to happen saying you actually have to die to get to go to heaven. And for him, that's terrible. Because him and our culture and and all of us, we can't wrap around that there is something so much greater than what we have here today. We just don't get it. And so what happens to us is we start to default and start asking.